Welcome to Fireside Knicks. My name is Alex with my co-host here, Brett Hanfling. Today, we want to take a look at Julius Randle, the inconsistencies, the ebbs and flows of his season, his regression for the most part, and his performance against the Detroit Pistons, the worst team in basketball. This was a really, really disappointing performance in Julius Randle. You expect him to come out as one of our best players, arguably our best player, and to kick the crap out of Detroit. Instead, he comes out, he puts up five points, two for 11 shooting. He was off from three-point range. And really, we want to discuss, you know, what happened to him? What's going on with him? Why is his play taking such a big step backward um, from being an all-star last year and carrying this team for most of the season? It's kind of bewildering. I don't really know how to diagnose what exactly is going on with him, but there's I have some ideas and some thoughts that I do want to share. Um, and Brett does as well. Before we dive into it, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing good. Um, you know, uh, usually they say a win is a win. It doesn't matter how you get there. Last night is a little bit of an exception. Um, you know, the Knicks played a G-lead type Detroit Pistons team that is usually the worst team in the league. Plus, they had guys out for injuries and COVID. They had guys in the lineup that the average fan has never heard of. Um, and they went down 14 points in the third quarter. And a lot of that had to do with Julius Randle. Now, they came back and won. It was the third, third game in a row. So, it is this kind of funny juxtaposition about... This is our first three-game win streak in a while, but a lot of Nick fans woke up angry on Twitter, woke up mixed emotions. Um, so it is sort of like it's just a it's a weird time for the Knicks because they've been up and down all season, and right now they're on a three-game win streak. But you can't ignore the struggles of Julius Randle after you know having a career season last year, getting paid in the offseason, and you know he's a problem for this Knicks team right now. Yeah, like you said, it's one of the ugliest three-game win streaks I've ever seen. I mean, this <laughs> team has struggled tooth and nail to beat off and fend off um, bad teams. And Detroit, I mean, Sadiq Bay out here with 30 points, like you said, guys, many of them I've never heard of, had yeah. pretty solid games. And the starting five for the Knicks all had double-digit minus plus minuses in the game. And Julius Randle... <laughs> Um, uh, like goodness gracious, like it, it's, you cannot have a sustainable team that enjoys prolonged success. If your second team is picking up the slack because your stars are performing so poorly. Now I know Quentin Grimes is in the starting group unit there. Um, he didn't even score a point. He was over five from three. Um, but I think he'll bounce back. I'm not worried about him. He's a rookie. Like he's allowed to have, um, anomalies like that. He's allowed to have poor games, but when you're Julius Randall, you're putting up five points and you're Kemba Walker and you're putting up two points. You have a significant issue, and it's it's inconsistency, right? You can't disappear. And when you come to the playoffs, if you disappear like that, you're going to lose. Like straight up, you're going to get destroyed, and it's going to demoralize yeah. you, and you're going to lose the next game. You have to be playing a high-level ball every single night. Go look at LeBron James. Go look at some of these other players. Um, Steph, I, the, the rare anomaly, they have a bad game. It's so rare, you just don't even think about it. So Julius Randle... What has been his major deficiencies this season? I'd say he's way too in his head. He's really hesitating. His ball uh, protection, the way he's dribbling, is so lackluster and, and lazadaisical. He doesn't really protect the ball. He doesn't get rid of the ball. He holds on to it for way too long at times. His three-point percentage has decreased to about 32.5% from over 40% last year. It's almost an 8% decrease. That is a massive difference compared to last season. His defensive rating went from um, 106 to 111 now. He has a negative net rating this year. Um, there was one one statistic that I think uh, um, Macri, or was it Frank Macri or something on Twitter posted, over 455 yeah. minutes. The Knicks are outscoring opponents by 15.9 points over 100 possessions. And that would be a, a that would be a uh, all time high of in, in different points. And yeah, and they're getting minutes. 
And just to add to that, yeah, 15.9 plus when Randall's off the floor, and they're getting outscored by 6.3 points when he's on the floor. Um, So there's a a major difference there. Um, And, you know, just to sort of quickly walk through the game last night. So the starters were awful, as we said. The plus-minus numbers were some things that I've never seen in my entire life. Every starter was negative. Every bench player was positive. Um, You know, the Knicks went down, I think it was 14 or 15 in the third quarter. Um, they only had four points, like with four minutes left in the third quarter. And Tibbs brought back the bench. He brought this great lineup of Deuce, IQ, Taj, Obi, and Burks. And they brought hustle. They brought energy. Taj was playing like a like a rookie who who like you know was fighting for his minutes. Um, you know, Burks I love was, Taj. Taj is great. Burks was giving them the scoring most most of the scoring. Everyone else was playing defense and just sharing the ball. Um, and, you know, so, so the, the, this bench team came back and then, you know, you started to see on Twitter, is Tibbs going to go back to the starters and Randall and, and everyone sort of had that idea and he didn't. It was the first time in a while that he didn't. He left that lineup on for the fourth quarter and, you know, they won the game and, and they actually won the game kind of easily because they were playing such a bad team. It shows how even, you know, even worse that was, uh, worse that was for the starters to get beat by that team. Um but yeah, this was kind of the first game that he didn't go back to Randall. Um, so, you know, it sort of is is hinting to a tide shift that at some point Tibbs is, you know, Tibbs isn't blind. He realizes Julius isn't playing great. You know, at some point, is that going to start affecting his minutes, his starting spot? Um, you know, it's a, it's a tough call for Tibbs. He's, he's, he's in a tough spot, I think. Personally, I, I don't think it's going to impact his minutes at all because you just gave him a four-year, $117 million extension. You can't justify decreasing his minutes. However, however, with that being said, they may be able to mask some of his deficiencies by pairing him with different players. I think that Julius Randle and Deuce would be a good pairing. I don't like the, – the Kemba Walker and Julius Randle pairing is great only when they're scoring efficiently together, right? They're like tied to the hip right now. If one of them sucks, the other one yeah. sucks. Um, and the defense is just god awful. But if you're bringing a guy like Deuce, who is a really good defensive point guard, but he can also score, it really will help mask some of the deficiencies of Julius Randle, the the communication mishaps, the the positioning issues, um, the, the ball control issues. You let Deuce take the ball down the floor. You get the ball to Julius Randle. You kick it out to him. You let other guys do the work. But I like what you said before about the second team. They came in there and they really showed a lot of really great ball movement, right? They were moving it around the perimeter. They were kicking it out, bam, extra passes. And then they would find Alec Burks, who was out was lights out, obviously, uh, with 34 points. And that was really incredible to me. I think, you know, one of the interesting points about this game against Detroit was the plus minus of the second team. I've never seen a player, Miles McBride, had a plus 39 and scored zero points. Talk about elite defense. That's incredible. Yeah. um, There's some weird noise out my window. I hope you can hear it. Um, Yeah, I I don't think I've ever seen that. And I I saw people wanting to find out if that was a, a record. I, I haven't seen if it is, but um, it's just, it's it's the defense. It's just being out there. It's a different energy. It's the ball movement. Um, it's just, you know, guys being happy with who they're playing with. That that matters. That matters in basketball. Um, so that's the minutes. Listen, he's not going to bench Julius Randle. He's not going to bench him a la Kemba Walker. But, you know, if you just tone those minutes down a little less, you ask him to, you know, you run the offense a little bit less through him, a little less pressure. The turnovers are too much. He's three and a half turnovers a game. Um, if you sort of just, just, 
you know, he was the focal point. He was everything last year. If you just tone that down a little bit, maybe it just eases up. Maybe you get some easier shots. Um, that noise. You know, he's shooting 40, 40 points lower from uh, free throw. Can you hear that? It sounds like a Dementor is about to yes, climb through your it, window. It is creepy. <laughs> it is creepy. Um, he's shooting 40 points less from, from the foul line. That just shows that he's just something's off. He's just not shooting as well. Um, so, listen, I, I saw, you know, you mentioned Macri. He was talking in the post game about how, you know, he, you know, you think about trading Randall, you think about benching him. Listen, the Knicks peak, the Knicks' uh, top potential is with Randall, and it's with Randall playing a lot and playing well. Now, you know, if you just want to, you know, win a couple more games, maybe you, maybe you bench Randall a little, maybe you don't run the offense through him. But the Knicks at their very best will be with Randall playing well, with RJ playing off of him. Um, you know, you're going to need guys playing defense around him. But, you know, the Knicks won't reach their potential without Julius. He, here's the thing about Julius that that really um, kind of annoys me. He doesn't trust anybody, right? He doesn't have faith in his teammates, and it's so obvious because he will back up into isolation. He will stand there for 10 minutes until someone eventually steals the ball from him and comes around. He doesn't have any awareness when he's doing these isolation moves. The problem is like he doesn't trust his teammates to help him score. He tries to do a lot on his own, and it, end, it ends up making him look bad defensively. I think the positioning, the communication within this team is awful. I think the communication within the starting five has been abysmal. Um, the, the second unit, however, you bring in quickly, you bring in Grimes off the bench, you bring in Burks, you bring in Deuce. They're really great on-ball defenders and uh, really good press defenders. They they force defenses, to uh, rather offenses, to make premature decisions. So what I liked about against Detroit, they made them pass the ball prematurely, which then allowed them to, to pick up steals and do different things and, and turnovers they forced. It was really good. But the thing is, with the starting five, they give offenses too much room to work with, right? They back off, they collapse, and then guys are open on the kickouts. They they just don't have the right energy levels. Now, I know, and I want to give Julius Randall the benefit of the doubt, he is nicked up, right? Uh, Tom Thibodeau said he's nicked up. He's dealing with some injury. I don't know how significant it is, but the, the whole season statistics tell a story that you can't avoid. You know, you can't just ignore the stats because the Knicks have probably only been there for the nicked up, you know, uh, whatever uh, statement has only probably been relevant for a couple of days. So you, you still if it's even, look at if it's even relevant, I mean, right, exactly. What, like, uh, I don't know. I, there, I didn't bring that up because. You know, it's an excuse. Maybe it's real. Maybe it's not. I don't know. So I didn't even bring it up. Um, but you know what? The top three man rotation in the NBA. I need to double check this because I'm surprised I haven't seen this more. But I did see it before we started recording. The top three man rotation in the NBA: Alec Burks, Emmanuel Quickly, and Obi Toppin. Per hundred possessions. Interesting. That's interesting. I think. I think. I think that's because they both, all three of those guys, bring something totally different, right? right? Obi Toppin, your big transition scorer, right? Your athletic freak, a transition scorer. Alec Burks can drive to the rim, great mid-range shot, great three-point shooter. Emmanuel Quickly, he's he's actually developed, by the way. I don't think we've given him enough credit for this. Quickly has developed into a pretty solid defender. Um, last year, he was a really bad defender. This year, he's come back. He worked all offseason. He looked up to Drew Holiday as a guy that was somebody he wants to model his game after. And Damn me, he looks freaking awesome out there as a press on-ball defender. He's really helped this team as a perimeter defense. Um, and I think that, you know, when you look at all those guys, like you said, the top three, uh, you know, rotation, top three-man rotation, 
they all bring something different. They're all becoming pretty solid defenders. Alec Burks is an average defender, and I think that's all they really need. Quickly has become a pretty decent on-ball defender. Uh, Obi Toppin, his rebounding isn't that great. His positioning, is, his physicality is not great. Um, but he's getting better. He's learning the system. He's learning how to play defense at a yeah, professional level. I just confirmed it. Yeah, they're the top net rating threesome in the league. After that, that's it's weird. it's George Hill, Drew Holiday, Grayson Allen, and then Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Gary Payton. Um, and then there's a Giannis lineup, another Steph lineup, but yeah, those three, uh, those, oh, wow. This is, this is, this one has Taj Obi and quickly as the top net rating. They might've not hit the, 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 you know, the minute ceiling for that, uh, put the, okay. the filters in, but yeah, these guys off the bench, um, they care and they're playing well. So, you know, as, as mixed feelings I have about Julius and, and RJ right now, um, you know, you got to be happy and excited about the Knicks young players and how uh, the front office is drafting, how they're developing these players. Um, it's, you have quickly Obi, Deuce, Grimes, and you know, I, tremendous. I throw, throw RJ in there, but he's a little different animal. All those other guys, you know, you know, we didn't expect as much going into the season. They're all delivering. Right. And, and to wrap, and before we wrap this episode up, I do want to put out one more thing about Julius Randle. I like Julius Randle. You know, he's not a player that I'm like, I don't like Julius Randle. I think he's awful. I think he's a ball hog. I think he does this. What I, what I think is that he doesn't have the right mentality. You know, I think Julius Randle with the right mentality is a different player. Last year, we saw a different player. Like straight up, he was a different player, right? He was, he, whatever he was doing was different. The way he was approaching the game was different. This year, he had an underdog mentality last year. Did. Exactly. This year, he feels like I feel like he has an ego. I feel like he yeah, he expects sure. too much. He he's not he's not like I gotta I gotta deserve this. I gotta earn this. You know, like I, I he's going into it like I've already I've already earned it. I've already deserved, I've already gotten it. Like it's not yours yet. Every season is brand new. You gotta you gotta have that hunger within you. And I think he has it. I think it's just he needs to tweak it. And it starts with the Knicks, and this is the biggest miss the Knicks really made this offseason. They should have went out and got a star. They should have pushed hard for a star to pair with Randall because Evan – well, it doesn't – whether if it's – it could have been a trade, right? It could have been a trade. I, I, okay. Let's say let's just say like they they still have time to push for a star. That's why they have Randall on this big extension, right? And they and I think they anticipate to do and that. Fournier. Yeah. And Fournier. Well, that's the thing. I thought that Fournier was a mistake from the get-go. I never liked Fournier. I thought that he the, the Knicks were looking to provide more offense when Tom Thibodeau loves defense. I thought that there was some sort of miscommunication there that Fournier does not play defense. He's never been a good defender. He's always been a great sharpshooter, great uh, shooting, you know, kind of small forward shooting guard uh, uh, blend. But the, the issue is the Knicks and Thibodeau, if they're not playing strong defense, they can't win games against better teams. You know, their defense is everything. They play, they have to play with intensity. I think Fournier, um, I actually was one was one person that was advocating for the return of Reggie Bullock because I think the Knicks needed that true three and D player. I think Quentin Grimes can be that, but Reggie Bullock had something that not many other than the Knicks players have the ability to get in the right positions at the right times and knock down shots. That's all he was supposed to do, play good defense and get into good spots to, to hit three-point shots. And he did that at a really great level. And I think, or at least a level that was was competent enough. That's why I advocated for him to return. And he would have been, I think, cheap, way cheaper than Fournier anyway. I think he's making like 10 million a year and Fournier's making 16. Um, the, the contract for Fournier is looking like one that we might have to get rid of at some point because I just don't think he is um, good enough defender to be a, 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 an in, impact player for this team over the long term but 
if the Knicks can go out and get a superstar who plays good defense and plays good offense and to pair with Julius Randle and you have Fournier as your sharpshooter, you can mask his deficiency a little bit in that area. But I also would like to see Juice McBride replace some of Kemba Walker's minutes. I like Kemba. I just think he's wildly inconsistent. It was only a matter of time before he came crashing back down to earth. Um, but I do think Deuce McBride and Julius Randle might be a better combo than Kemba and Randle at times because Deuce, the defense he provides is so underrated. All right, let me leave you my parting shot. All that's true. There's things to be you know concerned with, stressed out about. People are pissed. The Knicks are on a three-game win streak. We're playing the OKC Thunder, and then we're playing the Toronto Raptors, two beatable teams. We could pop off a five-game win streak right here in the middle of the season. Um, so... Who knows? Maybe that will turn sort of the spirits and, and the whole attitude of the team. Yeah, absolutely. And and I'll say this. Julius Randle gave him a rest day. Rest yeah. him against Oklahoma and Kemba. City. And but, Kemba. By the way, Kemba shouldn't have played last night. Back-to-back, he played a bunch of minutes on the Christmas Day game and, and the game before um, versus, a, versus a crappy Detroit team. I, they should have sat him, but that's too late. I would, I would give uh, Julius a rest and sort of get back in the flow of things. Absolutely. I think that's the right move. But guys, hope you enjoyed this episode of Fireside Knicks talking about Julius Randle. Would love to hear your comments on the YouTube channel. Make sure to like and subscribe. As always, we've been going to be producing a lot of content in the coming weeks here as we get closer to the trade deadline and rumors start to spur. Um, I think it's going to be really exciting and fun. It's going to be a really, really fun season. We still have a lot of basketball left. The Knicks are still plenty much um they're in the play-in tournament if it was to end today i think they're on the 10th seed maybe the ninth seed nine now yeah they're the ninth seed so we have plenty of time to climb back into that sixth seed and we don't have to play in i think we're only two or three games behind um so we got plenty of games left plenty of uh, optimism and hope and hopefully maybe the knicks can go out and, and get someone big at the trade deadline uh, maybe like a miles turner we don't know yet and i, I definitely want to have a conversation in the future about yeah. Mitch robinson if he's a trade piece so I, I think that's an interesting conversation to have in the coming weeks but hope you guys enjoyed and we'll catch you guys on the next fireside next episode